Welcome to the Be About Being Better podcast, where we help people make evidence-based, sustainable, small changes for their health that compound into huge shifts towards a better, more vibrant life. I'm your host, Abby Stacier, a health and life coach, future registered dietitian, a master's graduate from Columbia University, and a certified intuitive eating counselor. And I believe that we can't make lasting or meaningful change single-handedly, so I'm so happy that you're here so that together you can see that a diet-free, sustainable lifestyle is possible, and you can leverage that to live a better life. And remember my disclaimer, this podcast is meant to give you general information and it's not meant to substitute or replace medical advice, a diagnosis, or service treatment. Hello, hello, y'all. Welcome back to the Be About Being Better podcast. I have an amazing, incredible episode for y'all today. And for those of you that have been following, mainly on my Instagram story, you know that I've been leaning even more into my faith. Since I went through my breakup back in 2019 with my long-term boyfriend from college, we were together for five years. I was completely devastated and we were living together. And I that's when I moved to New York City. And that's also when I started my master's program. At that time, that's when I really started to dive more into my faith. And then we had the pandemic and I started at first I was listening to Catholic mass on and I was like, this is so boring. Like I was always waiting for the homily and then the homily was like five minutes. And I'm like, all right, so I just watched this hour mass, 60 minutes of my life gone because I was waiting for like five minutes of inspiration and personal development. So that's when I started to get into Red Rocks Church and listening to more sermons online. And I was like, oh, this is so inspirational and and just so good. And they have campuses all over Denver. They have a campus in Brussels. They have three God Behind Bars campuses, quote unquote campuses, but they are affiliated with different correctional facilities as well. And they also have their newest campus is in Austin, Texas. So when I left New York City, after I broke my leg during COVID. So after I my leg healed during COVID, restrictions were starting to be lifted. I left New York City. I moved out of my apartment and I started to travel all over the country. And I was basically just getting Airbnbs or staying with friends for the whole summer. And it was probably one of the best summers of my life. It was so fun. And I spent a whole month in Austin. So I got to go to Red Rock Church. And I'm like, wow, I've been listening to their podcast now since the start of the pandemic. It had been like two years at that point. I'm so excited to go in person. And it was an absolutely transformative experience. And on the fourth week, they had baptisms. They had people that were planning to get baptized. But I just felt so called. I got baptized. And it was so, it was such a transformative experience growing in my faith and going through that baptism. And people thought I was crazy. And I'm just like, y'all, I know that I grew up Catholic and I was baptized Catholic, but I didn't choose to get baptized. This was me choosing to get baptized and choosing to have a relationship with God. And that was really transformative for me. And to share that on social media was very vulnerable. I also got a number of really inspirational messages as well. You know, I was just authentically sharing, sharing my journey. And I really saw that as a turning point for myself. Like, well, I'm choosing to enter a relationship with God. And that was a moment for me where I'm like, this is not about religion. This is about a relationship. And I was so excited to dive into that. And throughout my journey, I've connected with more people that are followers and believers and just children of God and 
people that are further along in their faith that have been helping me. And who we're going to have on the podcast today, Mrs. Kay Hillman. That's her Instagram handle. So I, call her, I just call her Kay. But she is a huge inspiration to me. I mean, she was really there for me when, when I was on my faith journey and just plugged me in with other resources and was just so encouraging. So I wanted to bring her on to the podcast to talk about faith and health and walking on your faith journey and what that means because that can help your physical body. You're, in this episode, you're going to hear us talk about how your body is a temple and how you can be a good relationship with your kids and how you can set that good example for your kids, both in faith, but also with your healthy habits and how your faith and your health kind of are are connected. And if you're not plugged into church right now, maybe you have church trauma, how do you start to heal some of that? And if you've already started the healing process, but you're kind of craving a little bit more, we give some tips on what to do next to move forward. So this episode is just so good, so transformative. And it's kind of a risk to put out an episode like this. It's vulnerable for me to talk about my faith, but but I just felt really called to bring Kay on and have an episode like this. I met Kay through Megan Yelaney, who is my business coach. And she was in one of my masterminds. So when we have a group of entrepreneurs that come together and we brainstorm. So we were together in the same cohort for six months. And then we have just stayed in touch ever since. Kay is absolutely incredible. So a little bit more about Kay. She's a mom of two. She's got the most wonderful sons, King and Empire. She's a wife. She is a two-time CEO. She's the founder of a photography studio, Kay Hillman Photography. And she's based out of Atlanta, for those wondering. And she's also a Christian marketing and sales coach. Kay's just really passionate about teaching different service providers and different coaches how to create, how to market, how to sell profitable offers that support the lifestyle that you want. She's so transparent on social media about being a mom of two and how messy that can look in business, trying to keep up with what you want to do in the lifestyle and the season that you're in. How do you make that work and how do you make that profitable? So she's really good about customizing your business strategy for your lifestyle. And she focuses on creating a sustainable business model and selling with integrity. And I have always admired that about her. And that's another reason I wanted to bring her on. I feel like our values very much align. She's all about sustainability. And that's what we talk about on this podcast as well. And Kay believes that stepping into your calling by serving others and providing a deeper transformation through selling is really the best way to grow and scale a business. And she's just really on a mission to help moms specifically truly build a business of impact and, and time freedom. So she's just all about so many great things. And when she isn't running her two companies, Kay is normally sitting on the floor eating cereal with her sons or her dog, dragging her husband, Tay, along to Target. I always see her on her Instagram stories going to Target. Uh, Tay and Kay, just so good, so good. So, y'all, thank you so much for listening to this episode, going in with an open mind and just letting letting this episode change you. Oh, I'm so excited for you to listen. Thanks for being here. Y'all, I am so excited to be back. Welcome to the next episode of the Be About Being Better podcast. I have a very special person joining me today, Mrs. Kay Hillman. What? Kay is, I mean, you just heard the intro. She's phenomenal. She's doing great things. She's doing the Lord's work, literally doing the Lord's work. And I'm so excited to have you here, Kay. Thank you. I was hoping for an Abby squeal. So you have to put an Abby squeal in the intro because it's it's not a conversation if we don't have an Abby squeal. <laughs> yes. Oh, 100%. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me, Boo. 
So we're just going to dive into the deep end. I want to hear from you first. What is one thing that you've been through in your life that ultimately changed you for the better? Yes. So I call it my bathroom moment because it was definitely when I dropped out of med school. So I didn't know I was going to drop out of med school when I had the bathroom moment, but it like all worked itself out to that point. So I went to med school and I went to med school in Grenada and that's that some of my family is from there. So I was going to med school in like my native country, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so um, I went there to go to med school and everything was great until it wasn't. You know how like sometimes you're doing something and it's like you feel like it's your life's work. Like up until that time, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. My family, they wanted a doctor. It was just a lot of pressure. Like everybody is like, okay, it's going to be the family's doctor. And while that was cool and all, once I actually got to med school, I realized that, yeah, this is not... <laughs> not the vibe. Not the vibe. Right? It's not a vibe. It's not. A, and you, I didn't realize it until I got there. Like, I, I really, I enjoyed biology in school. Like, I enjoyed my undergrad. I enjoyed all those things. But getting in and being there, it was just like, this is not working. And so I remember every day, and this is why I call my bathroom moment. I remember every day I had a roommate at the time. We had unaligned classes. So, like, she would have class and then I would have a break. And then, like, we would just flip back and forth. So... <laughs> At the end of the day, she had a class and I didn't. So I would go home and I would go in the bathroom. I would turn off the lights and I would just sit in the bathroom and cry. And I would cry and I would pray and I would cry and I would pray. Like, I don't think I've ever cried that much in my life. That was like six months of crying. Wow. <laughs> I just had no clue. Like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what is going on here? You know, I wasn't doing bad in school, but it, I also didn't feel like this is where I was supposed to be. So you know how you just have that feeling of like, what? in the world am I doing? And I, I was having that moment. Yeah. So I was like spending so much time just praying and like trying to figure out what's going on. And then I'm scared because my whole family, like they raised money for me to go to school. Like, you know, everyone like pitched in. Friends, fan, like everybody really pitched in for Kay to go to med school. And here I am like, yeah, I don't want to do this. So wow. you can imagine like just the fear that I was feeling, but also that pressure of, man, like everybody is looking forward to me they're looking up to me to be this like shining beacon of an example for the family and here I am I don't want to do it anymore and that was a season of just like intense prayer and that's when my faith really deepened because I realized like I have to trust God on what the next step is like I can continue going on this path right but maybe it's not the path he actually has for me and that was scary to be like okay God I'm gonna trust you and go back home and tell these people I'm not you like what ridiculous yeah. Ridiculous. That is so wild. So how did you like break it to your family? What did they say? How did And how did you navigate that period like immediately afterward? Yes. So the first person I told was my brother. My brother and I have a very close relationship. My, my brother can sense things about me. Like people say we have telepathy because like something could be going on with him and I'll call him and be like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, oh my gosh, you must have been feeling it. And like vice versa. So wow. he, he called me, he said, are you depressed? And I said, what? And he was like, are you depressed? And, you know, my, my we have a lot of different mental health things going on. So when he asked that, I knew, like, I knew that he knew something was wrong. Mm. So I just went ahead and I'm like bawling my eyes out telling him. And he was like, oh, okay, you don't have to stay in school. And that one thing, like, just shifted everything for me. Like, I had so much confidence after that, just having somebody validate the fact that, like, oh, I don't have to keep doing this. Like I, I was putting an unnecessary pressure on myself. Girl, I called my parents the next day and I told them, I said, hey guys, I'm not really enjoying this. And my dad goes, 
oh, okay, so do you want us to get you a plane and come home? Mind you, I still had like a month left of school, but he was like, wow. okay, do you want to come home? Girl, and at that moment, I was like, God, you are so real. Like, you are so real. Like, if I just trust you, I really, like, my mom, she didn't, my mom didn't even say anything. She was like, oh, okay. She was like, is that why you were crying the other day? Like, they Guys. just knew, they knew ahead of time. Right? And, and, yeah. and like, literally, when I came home, they were just like, it's okay. Like, what are you going to do? What do you want to do next? They were like, do you need some time? It was like, everybody forgot that I've been working towards this my whole life. You know, like, and like, it didn't matter anymore. I feel like this can be useful in other areas of our life. How do you discern when something is just really hard? Like med school's not easy, especially the first two years where you're like in class. It's so intense. The testing is just boom, boom, boom. Like there's no breaks. How do you discern when something is just really hard and when something's not aligning? You know, that's such a good question. And I always check my spirit. When I reflect back to that time, I realized that my spirit was uneasy. You know, when something is hard, you have a feeling of like, dang, this was challenging. Like, well, let's say you're going on a run. You know, you, you're running. Oh, this is hard, right? But your spirit isn't broken. You aren't, you know, you're not going to halfway through the run just collapse on the floor, unable to move. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to yeah. have like a violent reaction to it. But when your spirit is feeling heavy, like I would have days that I would wake up and I'm like, I'm not going to class. I, I can't go to class today. Like, I just, I, yeah. I feel mentally depleted. I feel spiritually depleted. And I feel like that's the Holy Spirit guiding and just showing you like, hey, this is probably not the direction you want to go in. And you can see this happen in a lot of things. Because like I said, with the running analogy, it's like, I go for runs. Runs are challenging, right? Like a long run can be hard, you know? I mean, let's just be real. It can be hard, but it's not something that's going to have you just laid out on the side of the road. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot move. I cannot exist, you know? But when you're having a spiritual battle where it's like, oh my gosh, I don't think I should be going in this direction, right? This direction is unaligned. This direction is the wrong way to go. Your body and spirit together has like a strong reaction. And that's where I'm able to see like, okay, this is discernment. And it's honestly something that you have to practice, right? Like I've had to practice recognizing, you know, or discerning, am I just, you know, complaining and whining about something? Or right. is this actually an issue that I need to like dive deeper into and figure out what's happening? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, oh, I just really feel that when you said that your spirit is depleted, your spirit is off. Cause you know, I just got out of a relationship and I think I, I I get frustrated with myself, like, oh, why was I in this relationship for so long? When I knew months before the relationship ended that it was it was not right. You and I had even been on calls on Zoom and like we're yeah. talking about business, but I'm like, I'm just so consumed with how off this relationship feels. So I think I knew months ago, but I needed more data. I needed confirmation that it wasn't just circumstances. These were really patterns. The relationship wasn't working. And it wasn't just that I was going through a hard season. It was like, it just felt twisted and I felt so out of alignment and the relationship was holding my spirit back from reaching my full potential. I think as humans, we do need that confirmation, right? Because we don't know the big picture. We're not, you know, omnipotent. Like we don't, we can't, we don't always see the bigger picture. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with seeking confirmation. If you look, you know, a lot of people sought confirmation from God. Like they asked, like, are you sure? Like, you know, like if there was Jonah, he like went away 5,000 times, like trying to get confirmation. So it's like, it's our human nature to seek confirmation. I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but it does beg the question because you, uh, you said something that I thought about with myself. Like I, I let my spirit be unsettled for six whole months, you know, mm-hmm. six whole months. 
of just, you know, a being girl, like, same, <laughs> right, you know, and it's like, how crazy is that? But I also think that it makes it to where at the end, we trust him even more because now it doesn't take me as long, you know? And so I think that's the journey with discernment. It's like, at first, it'll take some time. At first, it's going to take, you know, bumping into the wall a few times. And I saw someone say that, you know, it's not always that you're running into a wall, but sometimes you just need the wall to lean on to rest. And I was like, wow, what a beautiful way to say that, you know? And it's like, maybe you're not hitting a wall, but maybe you're just learning a lesson and you need the time to get there. And so discernment is not an easy thing because sometimes you discern something and it's like, man, I really like that. You know, like in my mind, I really liked the idea that I was going to be the family's first doctor. I'm the, I'm the most educated person in my family, you know, so, well, in terms of degrees, um, everyone's very smart, but, you know, I have the most, most education and stuff like that. So in my mind, I was very tied to that goal and that idea. So when the Holy Spirit is like, oh girl, maybe this is not for you. I'm like, but are you sure? Like, I like this, you know, there's so many things that when you think about it, it's sometimes hard for us to just stop right there in the moment. Like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to move on. And I feel like that's the yeah. journey with discernment of just over time, you'll build that muscle up and it becomes easier and faster. You know, like now I feel like you have enough trust in yourself that you'll be able to know how your body reacts or how the Holy Spirit pours into you when you do need to course correct and kind of change what you're doing. Yes, absolutely. And it just reminds me of that one meme where the little girl is holding a teddy bear and God's like, yes. give it to me, you know? And she's like, no, but I like it. And he, and he has a bigger oh, one. A, a huge teddy bear behind his back. So, yes. you know, sometimes doors close so that others can open. And we, yes. you're right, we don't know the larger plan and what he has in store for us. And if it's not this, then it's something better. Yes. And that can be hard to realize too, because my something better happened on the other side of like, I, I tried school again. Like I went from med school and then went back to school again. And Love it. on the other side of that was entrepreneurship. And I never, my family, they're full of entrepreneurs, but I never thought that that was the journey for me. Like you said, that girl wants the teddy bear so bad. And you don't even realize that like God has something so much bigger for you if you would just let it go, you know? Like, yeah, it's easier said than done. I would love to sit here and be like, oh yeah, it's so easy for me to just not worry about it, girl, please. Like, I am so, you know, and, I, and I'm very type A. I, lo I love my list. I love my plans. I love my strategy. Like, I love all those things. So it can be really hard when God is like, girl, trust me. Like, I got this, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, I think it takes time to, to build that, build that relationship. And, you know, we have people listening to the podcast, all different faiths. We got people all over the world. You're a Christian entrepreneur. There are a lot of Christians that do listen to the podcast episode and I'm Christian as well. And we have people that just through my conversations with clients or people in the audience, we have a couple different groups of people. We have some people that already know, like, God is my savior. God is the, the ruler of my life. And I am not consistent with my faith journey and I want to lean into him more. Like, I already know that there have been so many blessings and I know that I can trust him, but I struggle to do that consistently. I struggle to read my Bible consistently, even though I know I probably should. Um, so we have some people there that are kind of struggling with the consistency and they want to dive deeper and they've gotten a little taste of it, but they're thirsty for more. And then we probably have some people that are burnt out on religion. Maybe they grew up Catholic and this was me a couple of years ago, grew up Catholic and are just so like anti church because they've been burned in the past. They've seen the corruption, just not good. So they maybe like 
I mean, everyone needs healing, but they maybe would want to lean into it if things were different, but they're a little skeptical. So I would love to hear, and maybe we can start with one of these groups of people, but I would love to hear what you would suggest as far as starting to lean in and have that refreshing faith. Maybe we'll start with the person that already kind of knows that they want a relationship with God and something stronger, but they're not consistent with it. What routines or what advice would you have for that person? Yes. So there are a couple of thoughts that I have. Um, Your relationship with God and just faith is so nuanced. And the first thing I want to say is a lot of people feel burnt out or just like overwhelmed or disconnected from God, but really it may be like religion as a construct, right? Or like the actual church, right? And so one thing that I always tell people when it comes to their faith walk and their faith journey and just like, oh, how do I set better routines? How do I spend more time with God? Is to remember that your relationship with him first is what matters, right? It's not like, oh, going to church. I mean, while yes, we should do those things, right? First and foremost, focus on your personal connection with God. And so like for me, I realized that our relationship with God sometimes happens in seasons, right? There are going to be some seasons that we're like right there with them, you know, Bible study every day and, you know, praying every hour and like, we're just doing all the things, right? But then there's those seasons where it's like, oh, wow, it's been a couple of days since I prayed, you know, or, hmm, I haven't read my Bible in a a week or so, right? There's going to be those kind of seasons too. And we have to remember not to be hard on ourselves because we're not perfect, right? Right. And so the first thing is just like, when you are feeling maybe a little bit disconnected, is to just remember that like God is there for you whenever, right? Like he's like, it's not like you have to wait until, you know, Sunday or something in order to experience him or have an encounter with him. And so if you do find yourself a little bit off, just decide in that moment, like, okay, I'm going to get back connected in, you know, I'm going to get back plugged in. And for me, I have just found that the easiest thing to do is to like, listen to the Bible because sometimes like I may not have time to sit down and actually read, you know, and that's, that's kind of hard to say because people are always like, oh, if you have time to watch Netflix, you have time to, y'all, come on now. Like, we got to, let's just relax on that. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just like shaming people. It really is. And it's so unnecessary. Like, it's so yeah. unnecessary. So mm-hmm. um, I know for me, one thing I try to do is like, whenever I get in the car and I'm going somewhere, I'll listen to the Bible. When I'm coming home, I can listen to whatever. But like, when I'm going somewhere, mm-hmm. like, that's my time to actually listen to the Bible. And that just gives me like some kind of like small routine that I can grab onto where I know a few times a week, I'm at least listening. Even if I'm not having a chance to sit down and read it, I have a chance to at least hear it. And when you're driving, you're going to hear the word. Like something's going to sit on you and it's going to be great. So I do stuff like that. Or maybe in the morning when we're like getting ready for the day, I'll put on some worship music. And I feel like worship music is a great way to just set your attention and just fill yourself with the spirit, right? Fill yourself with something that's really good and really just hopeful and encouraging. And I noticed that when I start my mornings off that way, me and the family, we have a great day, you know, because we've, mm-hmm. we've started the day just filling, filling our spirits. And so it's small things like that that can help you stay connected, even if you're feeling separated from God, even if you're feeling like, huh, or, you know, I'm really struggling to like be more intimate with him. Um, and again, I, I, I like to tell people your relationship with God sometimes happens in seasons. And I know that people feel like, oh, but that's like being hot and cold, but it's not right. We are human and we have to give ourselves grace. God gives us grace. Why can't we give ourselves a little bit of grace? You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. it's not saying that like, oh, you know, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do and hit up God later. 
But it's more so like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's more so like, you know, sometimes life happens. You get swept up in things. Kids get sick. Work gets hectic. Right. And because we're human and our mind can only focus on so much, sometimes we leave God out. And that's not to say it's okay to do that. Right. But it is to say like, hey, when you recognize that you have done that, try doing small things. Like, what are the little steps that you can take to have a bigger impact? So that's what I would say for like the that group of people that like they know that you have a relationship with Christ, but it's like, well, where do I kind of go with this? It's just find those small things that you can do to be committed. And then when you're ready and you're in it, you could be like, all right, Bible study every day. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. You can start to build on that momentum. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And um, you know, as a mom of two, I'm sure you have to get a very creative <laughs> with how you fit that in. Do you have any tips for other moms or like what what does your routine look like? It might not even be a routine. Girl, listen, full transparency has been the biggest struggle for me. That has been the biggest struggle for me. But something that I've started to do is reframe my relationship with God. And it's not just my relationship with him, but it's also the kid's relationship with him. And when I did that, it helped me realize like, oh, where I used to think quiet time and time with God was with myself. Now I realize that I do need to include the kids in that time. And so even though in theory, I would love to just sit down with God in my prayer closet by myself and just do my thing. I recognize that like the kids are looking at my example. So now I sit on the sofa and I, and I'll read the Bible and I'll read it to them. They have a children's Bible, so I'll read it to them. Right. So now my quiet time looks less like, oh, me spending just my time with God and more like, okay, God, I'm bringing my children. And he knows, like, God, no, I got kids. Come on now. And I think he also, like, rewards the the effort. He knows your intention. Yes. yes. And it's and it's stewardship, right? Like, God gave me these children, and I'm giving them back to him. It's, it's setting that example and creating that foundation for them. Because I know for me growing up, while my parents, you know, my parents are Christian, and, you know, they wanted us to go to church, I never really saw them have a relationship with God. I never saw any intimacy with God. And anything dealing with God was more so like on the punishments of things, not necessarily having like a heart posture towards him, right? A positive heart posture towards him and stuff. And so because of that, you know, it really took a lot of work and a lot of undoing for me to really have a true relationship with God that wasn't based around just fear as in, oh my gosh, I'm going to go to hell, right? Like if I do this, I'm going to hell. It wasn't like, that's how my relationship was. And now it's like, oh no, I do these things because I love them, because I want that intimacy and connection and because I want to be covered and protected. That's the relationship that I want versus like, oh, okay, I'm not going to look over there because if I look, I'm going to hell. Like that's not, that's not it for me though. I feel like with kids, especially, it's really important for them to see our true relationship with God so that they can form a healthy relationship with them as they grow as well, which mm-hmm. at first I was like, I don't know, it was kind of weird. I was trying to like separate the two, like, oh, this is the time with my kids and then this is the time with God. Now that I've kind of evolved a little bit, I'm able to see, okay, you know, again, quiet time, it may include the kids or maybe I'll set them up. Like that's why the worship music in the morning thing works really well because it's like, it's something that we could all participate in mm-hmm. and I can still be poured into while they are too. And now, oh my God, my oldest, he is so cute because he'll hear some worship music and he'll just start praising. And I'm like, oh my God, like, it's just, it's just beautiful to see the relationship grow. And that's what I want for my kids, you know, and I'm sure that other parents. I want want that too for my future kids. Claim that. Wow. That is so beautiful. And I've talked about that with health coaching clients that are moms that I've had is, you know, if, 
you were doing your journaling by yourself, if you were doing a meditation by yourself, and now you have kids, it's you're in a different season. Let's mm-hmm. loop them in. Let's meditate together. Let's have them write down three things that they're grateful for. Already start to yeah. instill that practice. If you want your kids to be healthier eaters and to have a greater affinity for fruits and vegetables, you need to get them involved in the cooking process. I'm not saying that they need yes. to be on the stove, but they could be going to the grocery store, helping you pick out the ingredients or looking through a cookbook and seeing what looks good or growing a garden in your backyard or even just growing yes. some herbs. Like You can get them invested in the process and they will over time have more of a curiosity for it and more of an affinity for that. So that definitely goes for their faith as well. Yes. That's such a good point that you make though with that because something that I noticed with my own kids is because I started them early on, like, you know, they were eating different vegetables and stuff. Now King will ask for a snack and he'll be like, oh, mama, broccoli. And I'm like, he wants broccoli for a snack, you know, but like you, but like you said, right? But like you said, it, it's so true. Like when we make them part of the journey, when we let them be part of the process, their affinity is much stronger, but also it's just in them, right? Like he doesn't know anything else, but also has a positive relationship with it, right? It's not like he's, you know, having to hide anything or there's no shame around it. It's like, oh, this is who I am. I enjoy broccoli, right? Okay, this is who I am. I enjoy worship music in the morning. I feel like in anything, if we just set those examples and even for ourselves, like the more you start to do it and the more you start to feel rewarded for the different things that you do and not like, it doesn't have to be an actual like physical reward, but you feel better, right? You feel healthier, you feel happier, you feel more fulfilled, right? The more that happens, the easier it becomes to be like, oh, like this is just what I do. I just wake up and listen to worship music. When I get in the car, I just play my scriptures. When I am making a snack, I go for the cucumbers instead of cookies. And sometimes you go for the cookies and that's fine, right? Sometimes you decide to listen to something else and that's okay too, right? Just giving ourselves a little bit of wiggle room and grace. But on a normal, we're probably going to stick to those more routines because we're routine creatures. Like we love habits mm-hmm. and systems and stuff like that. So I love for all that sure, stuff because for sure it definitely works. I think you can start to almost build that habit. Like a lot of the clients that I work with that then say to me, hey, like, can you send me a sermon that you think would resonate with me? This is what I'm struggling with now. These are my goals. You know, it, people that want to lean into their faith once they have optimized their routines, once they start meal prepping, once they start drinking enough water, once they start getting enough sleep, where they actually have the emotional capacity and the energetic capacity to take more on and tackle their faith because maybe they've had church trauma in in the past. So I, I think if you're leaning into your healthy habits and these routines, you can create more space, kind of clear out the gunk to yes. invite more in and invite God in specifically if that's what's meant for you. I 5,000% agree with that. That's so true. And and, and um, one of the ones you mentioned was sleep. Oh my gosh. When I had King, I was struggling so hard. I was like, God, I know you're not listening to me. I know you just, you just went somewhere else. You must be at somebody else's house because you cannot be here. Like, I don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. but I was tired, right? I was sleep deprived. And mm-hmm. so because of that, all I could think was like God was against me, right? Which obviously he's not. It's just, I have a baby. It's part of the process, right? Um, right. But I realized like I started eating better because I was eating junk like, and all the time. I mean, you're already using up so much energy breastfeeding. And then on top of that, yes. just not not taking care of my body, like that was too much. And so when I started taking care of myself, I started drinking more water. I started getting better quality sleep, even though it was kind of chopped up, the quality of my sleep was better. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to wake up with just a different perspective. And I was able to wake up and be like, you know what? Maybe I don't have time. Like maybe I feel a little bit overwhelmed to sit down and read the Bible. And so I started doing little things like listening to sermons. And then... I was able to, you know, now I'm still, I'm getting sleep. I'm eating better. I'm feeling better. And now, like you said, your capacity, it just, it's like a fog lifts. And I, and I call the postpartum phase like a fog because sometimes we're just 
walking through this this season and we really don't know what's up from down. And so as you're going through that fog, taking care of yourself helps helps clear it up, right? You start to feel a little bit better, like your body feels better. And then what happens next? You're you're able to fuel your spirit. And now you feel better all the way around. So like that was such a good way to put it because it really is like I experienced it twice with both my kids. And the second time it was so much easier because I recognized, oh, I need to take care of mama's body. Like the temple needs to be taken care of so that I can actually come to God and really feel like I can have a connection and relationship with him without feeling crazy. Like we already feel crazy. Like <laughs> the junk food don't help. So yeah, yeah. Yes, yes absolutely. And I love that you said our temple because we hear that, oh, our body's a temple, our body's a temple. But there are some biblical truths to that. And if we are not taking care of our physical health, like th- that's almost kind of like a diss to God. Like he has blessed us with this body. And so I'd be curious to hear what you think about like your body is a temple, taking care of it and any religious connections to that. Yeah. So I'm glad you gave space for it because it gives me permission to just be like, hey, I'm not perfect. Um, And so the the first thing I'll say is that we're never going to be perfect at it, you know, and I'm going to come from the standpoint of like being a mom. I used to be a fitness influencer, which I have a whole tyrant about fitness influencers, but whatever. I'm sure you do too, but we're not going to go there today. Um, But um, I'm no longer part of that cult. And so now that I'm on the other side of things as a mom, I've come to realize that just like anything in life, there's going to be seasons. And so what I try to do is be as kind to my body as I possibly can. Especially as a mom, it's so easy to beat up on yourself. It's so easy to feel like, oh, I didn't snap back fast, you know, just all the different things. And my philosophy right now is I'm going to eat what makes me feel most alive. And sometimes that's going to be a slice of cheese pizza. And sometimes it's going to be a nice leafy green salad. It depends yes. on the moment. Yes. Oh, wait, know? okay. That, I mean, we talk about that so much on the podcast. When I say that one of the intuitive eating principles is to make all foods available, I think people assume, oh, well, this girl's just telling us to go eat crap all the time. It's like, no, you can eat those things, but you also have to be respecting your fullness. You also need yes. to be leaning into the satisfaction factor, being fully present when you're eating that food. Because if you eat pizza, cake, and cookies all the time and like sugary cereal, uh, and you're really in tune with yourself, that's not going to feel good all day, every day. You are Mm going to start to crave some fruits and vegetables if you're really in tune with yourself. Yes. Yes. Okay. Love that. Uh, that, That's so true. And even like with what you drink, I went through this whole kick where I was like craving Dr. Pepper. And I love Dr. Pepper. Mm. Like, okay, let's Dr. Pepper. And, um, but I went through this thing and I realized that I was thirstier and I would have crashes. And I didn't realize that I was having like a sugar crash until a couple of months of just hardcore drinking Dr. Peppers. Like wow. it was ridiculous. And because in my mind, I was like, oh, this feels good. This feels comfy. But my body quickly told me, well, not quickly. I feel like two months was a long time to go. But um, it quickly told me like, girl, you're dehydrated. You are thirsty. Like you need, we want water. And so I think the other thing about thinking about your temple and, and just even with the seasons analogy, it's like there are going to be times that maybe you are a little bit more lax, right? You're um, a bit more indulgent and that's okay. Like, I mean, but it don't gotta be a holiday for Kate to indulge. Like, let's be real. It, right okay, now, yes. after, after this, I'm probably gonna go eat a Snicker bar. I'm not gonna lie. Like, it's mm-hmm. what it is. But I also am mindful of like, am I eating because I'm actually hungry or am I eating because I'm stressed? Like, just really thinking about what my body is doing. And then when I'm thinking about my faith, I also think about like, okay, I was given this body to be a good steward of it, right? I was given this body and, I, and I'm and i here as this person. If my body is not feeling well, I can't do the work that I'm called to do. 
right? If I'm tired and, you know, in the middle of the day for no apparent reason, when really it's because I ate, you know, entirely like I, I overate and now I'm still here in a food coma, right? You know what I'm saying? If I'm doing all that, how can I show up and do the work that God wants me to do? And at the end of the day, we can hide from a lot of things, but we can't hide from God. You know, we can't mm-hmm. hide from him. I think you mentioned being really present. That's something I mm-hmm. had to learn. It's like being more present with the foods that I'm eating or when I am eating. And I just realized like, wow, you know, when I take care of this body, I'm able to do so much more. I'm able to serve in my church. Like there were times that I wouldn't even be able to go to different ministries and stuff like that because I would just wasn't feeling well. My body was physically not feeling well. And I feel like a lot of times your body not feeling well is the first indication that everything is about to go downhill. You know, like mm-hmm. as soon as your body is taken out, that you can't do anything else. Like you really can't show up and do anything else when your body is not well. And it took me a while to learn that. And now that I have kids, I want to be able to run and play around with them. I want to be able to do all the different things that we do, all the different activities. And I can't do that if I'm not taking care of my body. And then also remembering that I'm setting the example for them. I want them to enjoy foods, all different types. I want them to enjoy it. I don't want them to have an unhealthy relationship with it. But I also don't want them to allow food to be a stumbling block and be used as something that keeps them away from doing whatever they're called to do in life because they're just having these unhealthy food relationships or food attachments. So it's kind of like a circular effect, really. But but, yeah. Yeah, And I love that (laughs) you're thinking about that and your children's relationship with food when you have two sons because I think people assume like oh like my daughter's going to have you know an eating disorder or is more at risk for that but it's like men have eating disorders too and we need yes they do yeah we need to be thinking that everyone needs to have a good relationship with food right and I mean just thinking about health factors that there's things like high blood pressure and you know uh, diabetes like there are all these other diagnoses and things that our kids can have and that we can have, right? It's not just our kids, it's anybody can have these things. And so having that healthy relationship with food, it can it can help those things. When I um, was pregnant with my oldest, I got high blood pressure, you know, with pregnancy, preeclampsia. I had that. And um, and then they had me on blood pressure pills even after I had had the baby and stuff. And oh, so, wow. yeah, I'm sitting here like, what's going on? So, but I realized it was a lot of the things I was eating, right? What I was eating was making it worse. Like it wasn't the only factor, but it was it was making the situation worse. And that really helped me realize like, oh, okay. And and that's why I try not to label foods as good or bad because right. what your body may be able to process, mine might not be able to. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that it's a bad food or anything. It just means like, okay, now I know. And and I feel like it's a trial and error kind of thing. Like what works best for me may not work for you and vice versa. So I really just try to be mindful and just be kind of gracious with myself and and learning more about how to take care of my body because at the end of the day, this is all I got. This is all I have. And I want to be able to do the work. I want to be able to come on these podcasts and talk about God. I want to be able to grow my business and and, and share God's love there. I want to be able to pour into my church, whether it's financially or participating in a ministry or something like that. And so I'm not going to be able to do that if I'm not actually taking care of my body in the first place. Absolutely. Like you said, you are a steward of, of your body, the body that God's given you. Now, I think we kind of touched on this, but I'd be curious to hear if you have any other tips or advice for someone that really is burnt out by religion, maybe has some church trauma and is just like, I don't want anything to do with that and like the corporate world of religion. Um, What would you say to that person? Like, okay, let's first maybe try and work on our physical health to kind of clear up some of the gunk and maybe just focus on that relationship versus religion. But I would love to hear you expand on that. Yeah, I feel like the hardest part with that is that church trauma 
stigma comes up in so many different ways. And sometimes you don't realize it, you know, um, because I was one of those people that I used to think like, oh, I, I've never experienced church trauma until I got into a healthier environment. And then I was like, oh, that was not normal. Oh, <laughs> like, what happened here? OK, so um, what I will say is that there are a couple of things. Um, the first one is therapy. And a lot of people, a lot of Christians have a weird relationship when it comes to therapy because everybody feels like, oh, just rely on Jesus and pray it away. Just pray it away. I'm in therapy yeah. too. Like, we can't. Yeah. You need both. And, and it's okay to have both. And so I want to start there by saying like, go get a little bit of support, but from a unbiased source. And that's why I say mm-hmm. therapy. And then the next thing is to find your community. And that may look like looking at people on social media and social media is just the way we do things now, you know, <laughs> before we didn't do all the social media stuff. But now since we do have social media, it is sometimes a really good tool. But like go and try to find a community of people that you can see yourself reflective in. Because something I think that happens um, for a lot of us that experience church hurt is that these were our churches that we grew up in. We were kids. We didn't make that decision. So those really are not our people. We wouldn't have chosen them. We, it's like our family. You don't choose your family. Sometimes I don't choose my parents, right? I didn't got, got them. And it's cool. Thanks, God. Like, I'll, I'll accept them or whatever. But we didn't choose certain people. I think a lot of times when we experience church hurt, it's because maybe you grew up a certain way. So when you are kind of trying to come out of that Getting that therapy and then finding the people that you are choosing to be a part of is going to be super important because now you'll be able to see what it's really like to be plugged into a church home and a church community that is actually for you, right? And so one thing that I try to be mindful of when I'm looking for a church for my family is what does it look like for my kids? And is this somewhere that as they grow up, it's not going to damage them, right? Because it may be a good fit for Kay, but they may not be receptive for children. Like there are some churches that it's not really the best place for your kids to go, not because it's unsafe, but because there's no community for them. So now they're around adults that are judging them, that are making them uphold standards that, bro, he's two. Like, he's a, you know, you can't, right. you can't expect a two-year-old to sit here in this church service this whole time quiet, right? So it's like different things like that, just really setting up the entire family for success. But I feel like really finding your people. And for me right now, being fully honest, I'm struggling to find an actual church home, but I have found people. I found people in different places online in person that I'm able to connect with. We have Bible studies, you know, I have, I have so many Zoom Bible studies, it's ridiculous. I have so many people that'll text me like, hey, this is what I learned today. Like, you know, even finding those little things and that will start to heal you. And as you start to heal, you'll wake up one day, you'll be like, I'm ready to find a church, right? I'm ready to find a home. I'm ready to really commit. But it's like taking those small steps and I'm not saying you need to find a ton of people. You can find one person and be like, you know what? This is my person. I'm connected to them. I want to intimately grow in my relationship with them. And I want to be honest with them. I feel like with you and me, we've had a honesty about our faith and just where we are. That's been so beautiful and so healing for me. And I didn't even realize I, I needed some healing at the time, you know? And it's like, sometimes you just need that one person that you can kind of walk through faith with and walk through your journey wherever you are, right? Even if you're in that messy phase of like, yeah, I'm done with the church. That's cool. Most of us at some point are going to be done with the church. And that's why you do find your actual people so that when you are ready, it's like, okay, I've healed. I've been able to walk through this process. And now I'm ready to find a a home where I can plug in and be more active in the community. And so, and 
be honest, you don't have to be in a church to do those things. Like I still volunteer. I still do different things, but I don't necessarily always go into a building. Now we've started going to different churches just because we're testing some things out, but it's a process, right? You'll get there when you get there. And I feel like that that's just the plight of us as Christians in this age, in this, in this mm-hmm. time period. Things are just going to look a little different. And I feel like Absolutely. almost in a weird way, it looks like how things looked like in the beginning. You know, the church didn't have a building. When Christ was walking around, like he wasn't walking around just the buildings. He was ministering to people on the side of the road and in the ocean and stuff. It wasn't just in a building. Yeah. And it's about the people. Even, yes. you know, the church that I found in Nashville, it's like the church is not a building. Church is a people. And we we are the church. And I'm yes. like, oh, that's so good. And I'm really happy because I'm in Nashville now. I'm in the Bible Belt. And there are some <laughs> HBO documentaries about some problematic churches that are right down the road for me. I'm like, I yes. came here. I'm like, yikes. I was skeptical going in, but I'm happy that I found my church family. And one thing I was thinking about is I don't have kids now, but I will in the future. And if I really want to put mm-hmm. roots down in Nashville, I want to make sure that I commit to a place that I also can grow in generationally. Yes. And they, they do have a really strong kids program. So if you ever find your way in Nashville. I know where to go. <laughs> and they're very similar to Red Rocks. That's why I like them. I feel like their sermons are very similar. The energy similar. The worship similar. Red Rocks did so much for me in the beginning. And even though you know, I don't listen to their sermons every single week now, just here and there if me the title mm-hmm. speaks to me. I just owe so much of the beginning of my faith journey to them. Seriously, put them in the, in the show notes. Like for those of you that yes. wherever you are in your journey, I feel like Red Rocks, their podcast, they they just share their sermons um, from each week. And I just feel like it's, again, sometimes you just have to start small, just start somewhere. And maybe you just are not ready to go into the building. I'm going to be honest, going into a church first time is so intimidating. People don't talk about how intimidating it is. Whether you are a believer, like you've been going to church regularly, or whether this is your first time coming back or your first time coming, it's not intentional, but sometimes you can feel like the outsider. You can feel like, oh man, do I really belong here? And so, and I feel like that's where a lot of people's church hurt comes from as well. I know for me, it came from, we used to move around a lot and we used to visit churches. And the first thing they want to do is tell the visitors to stand up. And it's like, I don't want to stand up. I want to be a part of what you guys have going on. And I, I get the the idea that you're trying to welcome us, but it doesn't feel welcoming. You know, it feels mm. feels very like, oh, I'm the outsiders. And so I feel like listening to the podcast like that, listening to, you know, sermons or listening to Bible studies and listening to the Bible, those different things can really help you no matter where you are in your your journey. But especially if you are a little intimidated or a little bit nervous about going into a building right now. Or maybe you just haven't found your place. It's like these kind of resources. It's just like, wow, thank God for this. Because like I listen to stuff on YouTube all the time and it's whole communities have meaning in the comments and you're you're able to just have conversations with people. And now you're able to attend people's virtual Bible studies. Like it's just, it's so much that you can do. And as you get there, you can add something else. It's not saying you have to jump in and do everything. Just pick one thing. Like today I'm going to listen to a podcast. Tomorrow you might decide to pray. It just depends on where you are in your journey. And I think that's the really cool part about healing, just drawing back to God when you're ready. Yeah, absolutely. I think the podcasts are really great. We will link them up in the show notes. If you want to dive into the Bible, what would you suggest for that? Are there certain verses or chapters that you recommend people start with? So 
Actually, I'm not one of those people. If you want to just start back reading the Bible, I always tell people to just grab one of those, the Bible apps, either 365 day or the 90 day plan. I just did the 30 day plan. That was ridiculous. That's a lot of reading. But um, wow. So did you listen to it or did you read it? Both. I listened and I read because like sometimes with the kids, I wasn't able to. In 30 days? Like how many hours did that take a day? So when you listen to it, it's like two hours, two and a half hours. Yeah, girl, it's, it's insane. Yeah. I'm doing the Bible in a year right now, but it's a yearly thing. It's only 20 minutes a day. And I'm like, yeah. that's kind of nice. And some days I'll, you know, miss a couple because I'm doing something else in my morning mm-hmm. routine, but then I'll catch up and during a workout or something or from cooking, then I'll catch up. And it's like, oh, it's just like an hour yes. podcast, basically. Let's do a couple episodes. So that's been really easy for me. But I'm also like, oh my gosh, I've been consistent and I'm caught up now, but... This is only 30 days of my week. I have so many other days. But remember, we're in different seasons, right? So I'm in a season where right now I'm not looking to go. um, And this is going to sound so weird, but just go with me here. I'm in a season where I'm not going deep into the word. I just want to understand the big picture, the big context. I just want to see God and Jesus in the big picture. So I'm reading I'm I'm skimming, right? I'm skimming like, okay, Okay. where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? You know what I'm saying? And, And I'm getting that. You are in a season and, and many people are in a season. And I just came out of a season where I'm going deep, right? I'm trying to see what did God say? What is God doing? Who is God? Who is Jesus? What is he saying here? So you're going deep. Neither one of us is wrong. Like we're just in two different seasons. There's an objective, right? You have a reason for why you're reading the whole Bible in 365 days. And that's that's for you. And I have my reason for you know, chopping it through, but let's go. You know? Okay, so I love we're in that. Two different, yeah, it's two different headspaces. And, and, and that's the cool part, I think, about the Bible app is that everybody can find something. But also the Daily Grace Co. I think I, I told you about yes. this, but like they have a bunch of biblical resources that are really, really good. I'm about to start an Esther study and feel like they have really good Bible oh, studies and they have an app. Esther is my jam, okay? Yes. Oh, if you ever have a daughter, Esther is going to be your Girl, dad. it's going to happen. <laughs> yes. Okay, we need to link up in the show notes to your Esther podcast episode because that, like, changed my life. It's so good. Oh, I'm so glad. That, that that really makes me feel so good. And you know what? I love this. Like, I love what you're doing because in the last couple of years, I've been sharing my faith a lot more with my podcast and with just my comedy and stuff. And I didn't start this at all, but it's just so fun to see like more and more people really share their faith inside their platforms that aren't about faith. And so it just makes me feel so happy and so blessed like that. My podcast is it's a business podcast, right? <laughs> the marketing and sales and the fact that you really enjoyed that episode. And there's lots of other people that have also enjoyed an episode that while, yes, it, I tied it a little bit into business, it wasn't about business. Like it was about scripture. And so that just like really yeah. blesses me to hear you say that because I mean, you never know how people will receive something. Um, but I love to hear that people actually enjoy those types of episodes. And I'm actually starting to do them more because I just, I've always enjoyed talking about my faith. I just didn't do it because it's like, oh, you know, just talk about business or for you, like just talk about health. And it's like, right. but we're so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. So I mean, it's definitely a risk. I don't know what the downloads are going to be like for this episode, but I just felt really called to bring you on as a guest and to be talking about my faith more. And I feel like I've gotten to a point where I feel more comfortable talking about it. When I, when I first started, yeah. I was like, I can't even formulate the words. I still don't even know like who Jesus is. I'm like, I know who he right. is, but I don't really know who he is. So <laughs> now, and I don't even really consider myself there or as advanced in my faith or as fluent as you are, because you've just been doing this for so many years, but I feel more comfortable. And I knew that this was yes. going to challenge me to even deepen that and to 
work on actually expressing it. And I think yes. people need to hear, like, I just needed to trust that this episode is going to land with the people that need to hear it at the season that they find it. Exactly. And you know what is so beautiful that you're going to see is that just like you said, oh, because I've been doing it for a few years, there's going to be somebody that they're at day one and they're getting to see Abby in year one or year two. And it's going to be yeah. like, like, they're looking to you. It's like, wow, one day I'm going to be there, you know? And that makes me like kind of emotional when I think about it because everybody can. Oh, girl, I'm about to get emotional, but like everybody can be a light for somebody else, depending mm -hmm. on where you are in your journey. Right. And so while I may be at this level, there's going to be somebody that's looking at you like, wow, OK, in six months I can be there. And in one year yeah. I can be there. And how encouraging is that to know that like all of our experiences are not in vain, like mm -hmm. nothing that we experience is in vain. And just taking that step to have faith and believe and, and hope and desire and want more. And that can trickle down and impact somebody else's life so hugely. And that's that's the reason why I'm able to say so committed, even when I don't feel like it, even when I'm feeling disconnected or tired or exhausted, it's like, OK, I'm going to give myself today. I'm going to give myself grace today. Tomorrow I'm going to try again because I know that it may be my sons and maybe my husband, right? My husband may be looking to me like, oh, wow, like she was tired, but she still listened to a podcast or she listened to a worship music or something like that could be encouraging him or my sisters. Like it, could, it doesn't have to be like a global impact, but just being able to impact that one person, like that's what God wants from us, you know? So I just want to give you credit, girl, because listen, when you sometimes really encourages me too, you know, and you say I'm further along, but it's like, I'm encouraged seeing you still show up and step up in your faith even when you are feeling like oh I don't really know but it's like wow that's so encouraging like even though you don't know you're still trying anyway like that that's a testament of like your commitment to this so that's just for anybody you know don't let the amount of time that you've been connected with God don't let that be the thing that keeps you away or makes you feel like you can't speak on something because you really can like even if it's day one for you you can speak mm -hmm. to somebody that's on day zero Absolutely. Oh, that's so beautiful. And it makes me think something that we were talking about at my church in a recent sermon was like the seats that you are sitting in right now. Like they used to run that church out of somebody's house and there were eight people there. Yes. And now mm -hmm. there's people in overflow rooms and they're they're moving into another space soon to like offer offer more space to people because they're just flocking there. But the yes. people that started years ago invested in the seats that you're sitting there today. Mm -hmm. So it's like now we need to we can't just think about us. We need to think about, OK, we need to be supplying the chairs for the next people so that they yes. have a seat at the table. And I'm like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, stuff that is so good <laughs> and so beautiful um, to be a part of. Like, how cool is that? Yeah, that we're absolutely. a part of just bringing. And it's not even that we're bringing one person in. I always say, like, I'm. It's not my job to bring you in. I just have to be the example. You're gonna do it for yourself. Like, people are gonna come in. So it's like, wow, it's so great that we can be a source of encouragement or light. And maybe that will change something for someone, and they'll decide, like, oh, okay, I'm ready to go back to church, or I'm ready to, I'm ready to listen to the Bible. Or something like it could be something, something really small for them in that season, but something just so big in the bigger picture of things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I love this so much. Now, is there mm -hmm. anything before we close out, before we go over where to find you? Are you promoting anything right now? We'll definitely link your podcast and your social media in the show notes. And then I have my close out question that we ask everyone. But is there anything before we get into that, that God just putting on your heart right now that you want to say or get out to the masses? Oh, wow. That's a good one. I think the biggest thing that I would say is that God is there when you're ready. We don't have to put any unnecessary pressure on ourselves. 
prayerfully the world isn't ending. We don't know. Every day someone says the world is ending. So it is what it Literally. is at this point. But God is always there when you are, when you're ready. And he's always going to receive us when we turn to him. And so for the person that may be feeling like you're really, like I was in a season a few years ago where I was just feeling really disconnected. And I was like, almost scared to come back to God. Like, oh, he's going to be upset. Like, blah, blah, blah. All the, all the things that we think, right? And um, and someone told me, he's there when you're ready. And so I just want to say to whoever needs it or whoever's listening, like, he is there when you're ready. Um, That maybe today, that maybe tomorrow, maybe three months from now, but he's going to be there for you. And it's not that he's going to be there for you just then. He's still with you right now. So you may feel disconnected or away from him, but he's still there regardless. And so that's the last thing I'm going to say. Oh, so good. Thank you. And my last question is, what is something that you are going to do this week to better yourself or better your days? Oh, girl, it's a hard one because I still feel like I'm in a little bit of a postpartum fog. So I'm going to say that (laughs) my thing for this week is going to be to let go of the need to control everything. Um, Remember I told you I'm very type A. I love my plans. I love my schedules, my strategy. But in the last couple of weeks, we've just been getting hit back to back with people being sick. And it's just been a whole thing. And I find myself like kind of shaking a little bit when I'm not able to go according to the schedule. And so this week, I'm just committed to, girl, don't worry about the schedule. It's okay. We're just going to take every moment as it comes. And I know that's going to lead me to feeling a little bit more at peace and just like not overly stressed because I mean, a stressed mama, what is that going to do for the family besides stress everybody out? It's 100%. 100%. We're going to take it easy. (laughs) I love it. I love it. You definitely need that. And where can we find you? Are you promoting anything right now? What What's the latest? Yes. Okay. So the biggest thing is you can follow me on my podcast. It's called the Becoming CEO Podcast. It's perfect if you are a Christian entrepreneur. Even if you're not a Christian, you are welcome over here, boo. Okay. We'd be having fun, but it's a Christian podcast. We talk all things marketing, sales, and mindset of just building a business. And then also I have a YouTube channel that I'm trying to like be more committed to that. You can find it at Kay Hillman. And yeah, that's it. I have an email newsletter that people love. And I'm always sending out emails, just like encouraging people and sending like little love notes and stuff like that. So you can join over there. But yeah, that is where I'm at. Oh, I'm also on Instagram at Mrs. Kay Hillman. So yeah, (laughs) love it. We will link that all up in the show notes. So y'all just got to scroll down. It's right there, right in front of you. You can take your next first step to dive deeper. Okay, thank you so much for being on today. I appreciate you and your wisdom. And thank you so much for being a huge inspiration for me to grow into my faith. And you've really helped me gain more confidence to do an episode like this and and lean in. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. And Abby, I just have to give you credit, boo, because you have just really been a light in my life and just so encouraging to me in these last couple of years that I've known you. You have seen me through a whole other baby. And I don't think you realize just how much like exposing me to Red Rocks Church and just different things that you've done. You probably don't even realize I credit you with a lot of things in my faith. I just, I love you so much. And I'm just, I'm so glad that we were able to do this. Well, me too. I love Kay. <laughs> I still love you, boo. Hey, y'all. Thanks again for listening to the Be About Being Better podcast. I so appreciate you. If this episode made you laugh, smile, think about yourself or your life differently, in any way making your life better, I empower you to share the show with three people who, just like you, need to hear this message and have this type of transformation in their lives. I personally read all the reviews of the show and see the Instagram story shares and... 
honestly gives me so much joy to see that our mission is making people's lives better and the reviews really do help in increasing our impact so thank you so much for taking the time to do that if you need personalized support with anything discussed in today's episode or need help creating a sustainable diet-free lifestyle take my quiz it's linked below in the show notes and that quiz will help you see which one of our coaching programs is right for you thank you so much again for listening and here's to being about being better